Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Now, we hope you enjoy this message. Last week, I began this uh, series, uh, First Fruits. You guys remember that? And for those of you that were here, and in First Fruits, I started with the scripture because I'm like, this is it, man. Because in today's world, in today's world, there is subjective truth, there's relative truth, uh, but what you and I have to cling to is absolute truth. We have to. And does anybody remember what I said, what I wanted you to do? Can anybody remember that? That was a week ago. I don't know if you guys can remember. I said, I want you to love it. I said, I want you to learn it, and I want you to live it. I want this to be all up in your life, that it is one of the most important things that you can possibly have in your life. And so uh, making his word a priority. So today, as we continue in this first fruits, today I want to venture down uh, the road of putting God first in our finances. And I'm going to tell you this too, because I'm going to be a bit bold today and be with me on this one. I'm going to be a bit bold and I'm going to speak to each of us, including myself. And I want you to understand this. If you have a money problem, you have a God problem. Because God doesn't have a money problem. He doesn't. And, and I'm here to tell you that I am not some hyper-prosperity preacher. That is not it. But I am a Bible teacher. I am a Bible teacher. And I know what his word says. And God has no problem, zero problem, providing for his people. If it's his vision, he provides the provision. That's what he does. And so last week, we talked about it in Matthew 6.33. In Matthew 6.33, remember when we looked at this? It was what? It's seek him first. It's seek him first above all things, his kingdom and his righteousness. And when we do that, God promises that everything else will fall into place. For example, this church, this church, Faith Center, God's idea. It was God's idea. It was not our founding pastor's idea. Or all of the pastors that came thereafter, including myself, it is God's idea. It is God's idea. His vision imparted to us. Therefore, there will, His provision will happen for us. You see that? It's what He does. It's His vision. And when it's His vision for you and your family and your finances to be able to be debt-free and to build wealth and to give it away as much as you possibly can... He will provide the provision. He will do that in your life. It is putting God first in every single area, including our finances. So I want to share with you real fast a couple of fundamental truths that I want you to write these down, and we're going to dive into God's word and see what we're talking about today. Here's the first one. The first thing that I want you to write down is this. It's about the first fruits offered. That's what God's word is all about. It's about the first fruits offered. We see this in uh, multiple places in Scripture, but here in Proverbs, Proverbs 3, beginning in verse 9. As a matter of fact, every time the word first fruits comes up, I want you to say it, all right, over these next couple of verses that we're going to look at. Here's a, here we go. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the, of, of all your increase. Of how much? Oh, yeah, all of it. Why? So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, I don't know what I did with my vats. Does anybody know where I could get a vat? Any idea at all? 
Ace. <laughs> Ace hardware. All right. Thank you for that. Going today. Exodus 23, 19. Look at this one. The first of the of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord God. Now, here's what I know. I, there are people in this house right now. There are people right here right now. They don't really understand anything at all, maybe, or very little bit about the principle of tithing. There are those that are online that's the same thing. But then I also know that there are many people here in this house and watching online that are very aware of the principle of tithing. And they know it. They know it. But I wonder, and this is because of me, this is because of my own past and all the years that I grew up in the church and I was taught these foundational principles of God's word. One of those things that taught, one of those principles was the tithe. And listen to me, I knew it, but it wasn't in my heart. But I knew it. And I had a head knowledge of what it meant. But that's why last week I told you it's so important for you and I to what? Live it. We can learn it, you can love it, and you can learn it, but what we really have to do is live it to see what he has and those blessings and that increase, and you got to go to Ace Hardware and buy some new vats. <laughs> it's when we live it, these first fruit principles. And uh, it wasn't in my heart. Because I wasn't living this principle day in and day out. And there came this point in my life where I had to have this heart change. So why? Not only for me and for the vats full and all the things. And I have seen his blessing pour out over my life. I could tell you story after story after story after story because I've been tithing for decades. And the stories are incredible. But not just because of that for me. It's also for this right here today. So I can stand here today, not just as your pastor, but as a believer in God's word and what his word says. And every principle is truth. Because here's what I know. If I can't, if I can't stand up here and teach it, then where are the people going to learn what to do? The credit card companies? <laughs> Don't leave home without it. That guy's scary. No, we do. The church, we have to disciple it. I am so honored and thrilled by how many young people and young adults that we have up in this place that are all over the room, even in the room right now, and those that are watching us, because if you can get this principle, if you can understand first fruits now as a young person, it will change the trajectory of your life. If you're old like me, it'll help. The first fruits belong to the Lord. The, the book of Joshua is incredible. You, you're uh, reading through the book of Joshua, and Joshua was an incredible leader. Be strong and courageous, God told him. Be strong and courageous. Like, I want to be a leader like that. And he, and he went into, listen, 31 battles that they went into the promised land, and they were taking uh, uh, over the land of Canaan, and it was becoming the promised land, and it was God's hand that was upon all of this. And as, as Joshua led these 31 battles, it was either he was in it or he was at least the strategic lead behind all of these things. And it was incredible of what they were doing. But check this out. The first place that they went to, do you know where the first place is? The very first battle 
Does anybody know? Was Jericho. Do you guys know the story of Jericho? Jericho, they get up there, and Jericho is this huge fortress, these walls that were enormous all around them. And I want you to see this. The first battle was the hardest battle. Please see how this works for you in your life. The first battle was the hardest battle with these huge walls. But they followed God and they moved through it and they did what he said to do. And guess what? Walls came tumbling down. And they went in and they took possession of the land. Now, here's what God said after all that happened, right? As we get into the tithe and we understand the whole thing and 10% and what that looks like. Here's what God said when they went in there. He said, give me all Give me all of the gold. Give me all of the silver. And you can look at that and you go, I don't understand, God. What, what, how does this fall into the tithing principles that you've already gave us in, in Exodus and Leviticus? I don't understand. What does that mean? And here's what it means. It was the first city. Please track with me, folks. It was the first city. It was the first fruits. Do you see that? And because they gave him the first, all the rest was blessed. And that's what he's calling for for you and I in our lives. And guess what? probably is going to be the most difficult battle for you to get into that place of where he wants you and to trust him with what he has for you. That's what tithing is all about. Some people question the thoughts in Genesis, in early Genesis, about Cain and Abel and the offerings that they have. Why did, why did God accept Abel's offering, but he didn't take Cain's? What's the big deal about that? And I know early in my life I used to answer, well, God knows their, their hearts. And so he can see that, and he knows the true meaning behind the offering, which is true, but that's just part of it. There's so much more to it than that when we understand the principle of first fruits. And so when we dive in here, look at what it says in Genesis 4. And in the, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of the flock and, the, and of, of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Do you see what happened here? One of them tills the land, the other one tends the sheep. Abel brought the firstborn. Cain brought what was left over on the ground. Do you see that? And what does it say? You have to see what it is. God cannot accept God cannot accept an offering that does not put him first and that he is first when it's just the leftovers. Well, I'm going to cover all this stuff and then if I have a little bit left. And here we're learning that that's not God's, that's not how he rolls. He is the creator of the universe, of all things. Everything that we have has been given to us from him. We live in abundance. We're in Eureka, California, folks. We live in abundance. And his hand is upon us. And he is before all and above all of everything in our lives. And so guess what? He gets our first fruit. And that's, that's his word. And that's what he wants from all of us. Here's the second fundamental truth. We dive into this a little deeper. And the second one is this. Write this down. It is the tithe first the tithe first. Leviticus 27.30. It says this, and all of the tithe, how much of it? 
not just the leftovers. All of the tithe of the land, whether of the seed, and then just go through it. If it's the seed of the land, if it's the fruit of the tree, whose is it? Why? Because it is holy. The first fruits. It is holy. It is holy before the Lord. Remember uh, last week we talked about the word holy? You guys remember that? And I told you what the Greek, the Greek definition for holy is set apart. And that's what this is. That's what you and I are. We're taking the first fruits and we're setting it apart as holy before the Lord. And then we give it to him. The Hebrew word tithe, tithe in the Hebrew means tenth. That's what it means. That's where we get the idea of 10%. Tithing principle then coupled with first fruits means this. It's the first thing that leaves your hand. Do you see that? It's the first thing that you give. It's the first thing. So check this out. Don't give your tithe to the electric company. <laughs> the electric company doesn't have the ability to bless you and your finances and your family. But listen, if we will get this into our heart and we will understand the principle of first fruits and we recognize that not only can God open up the power to our house better than PG&E can. Sorry, PG&E people, I love you. Not only can he offer us that, he can offer us so much more. When we, and listen, I'm not legalistic about this stuff. I'm not. I'm just, I'm telling you, it's setting it aside first. So Kathleen and I, we build a budget. Every single month we build a budget. And guess what the very first line is? The tithe. The tithe is the first thing. I get a paycheck. The tithe is the first thing. That's how I build my budget. And then everything else comes out of that afterwards. I got to get some donuts. I got to get some pizza. All that stuff comes after. It's setting it apart. And then check it out. Then it's the first thing to go. Like we do it through our church app. And it's just boom. It's immediate. Oh, there's the number. Gone. And we send it. We do that with everything. We sold our house. Boom. Sent the, all, the increase. What does it say? Of all your increase, well, I sold the house and I made a bunch of money. I tithed on that. I give it to the Lord. I set it apart first. Why? Because it is holy to the Lord. And I give it to him. Now, listen, we're not legalistic, man. Kathleen and I are not all legalistic about this stuff. So if we're doing this and we're building our budget and we're putting all these things together and, and we get paid and Kathleen was at the grocery store earlier that day, I don't, you know, and she gets some groceries i don't say oh great honey now we're cursed for a month but you bought groceries at enf we didn't do that first no i'm not doing that god is not a god is not a legalistic god he looks at our heart but he absolutely wants you and i to put him first in every single area so the first goes to him and when people listen when people catch this principle when we catch the principle of first fruits it's not, it's not even just about giving God our first. It's about everything. It's about praying to God first in the morning. It's about serving God first. It's about asking God first instead of the dimwit in the cubicle next to you, which I don't know why we do that, instead of asking God. It's about spending time with God in his word before I start scrolling through social media. I give to him first. I give God the first day of the week, Sunday, which is why we come here. 
and celebrate and worship together because we give him the first day of our week so the rest of the week is blessed. And we give it to God. And when we seek him first, his righteousness and his kingdom, all these other things will be given to you as well. But we're stressing about all these other things and we're not going to him first. And he's wanting you and I to grab a hold of the first fruits principle. Listen to me, folks. It is a law. It is a supernatural law. Just like we have the laws here on this earth, the gravitational law, all these things. It is a supernatural law. You do this, God blesses you here. Are you tracking with me? There's a quiet crowd today, man. You'd be like, he's talking about money. <laughs> oh, he's talking about money, baby. He's talking about my wallet. No, no. I just want you to live a great life. I promise you, I'm your pastor. I love you. I want the best for you. And I know the best for you is living the first fruits principle in his word. And I want that for you so much. I want you to live in abundance, what he talks about in John 10, 10. I want you to live in that. I want his blessing to pour over you. My grandfather was an amazing man, absolutely amazing Staff pastor for 30 years at a four-square church. It was incredible. Uh, but all the time, he's working full-time in construction, uh, raising a family, including my mother. And I love to talk to him about all the things. But man, I love to dive in the Bible because he was so wise. He's a stubborn old geezer, though, man. But the wisdom was unparalleled. And I remember one day we got into this whole chat, right? And I was probably like in my 20s, and we're getting into this whole chat about, you know, the tithe and all that stuff. And and I was like, I give 10%. I, I do, Grandpa. You do too, right? And he goes, well, no. And I was like shocked. I was like, wait, what? How are you not doing this? How are you not? And then I was like trying to teach him. Like I could teach him something, right? I was like, wait, look at this in the Bible where it says, what about this? And he was like, okay, okay. Calm down. Fine. If, that, if it's that important to you and you really want me to do it, that's fine. I'll give 10%. I've been given 25. <laughs> but if it's that important to you, and then that's once again one of those situations where I realize I'm the guy wearing the dunce cap. And my grandparents are much, much wiser than I. They were huge givers. Huge givers. They lived a very modest lifestyle, but they had plenty of money all the time. But they just gave it away all the time, they were just giving it away. Someone's cars broke down. They'd, they'd uh, fix it, or they'd have somebody fix it, or he would just buy him a new car. It was amazing. My grandfather probably bought 20-plus cars for other people, not even himself. They just loved to give away everything that they possibly could. And can, can I just tell you, folks, I want to live like that. I want to be a generous giver. And so I want to share this with you real quick. We're going to wrap up. Three levels of giving that are in Scripture. Three levels of giving. Write that down. There is the tithe, there is the offering, and then there is extravagant giving. The tithe is what we were talking about. The tithe is holy to the Lord. The tithe in Hebrew means tenth. It is 10%. I know some people struggle, they're like, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I could just go from zero to 10%, Joe, that's a big jump. Then do two. 
Listen, man, we're not legalistic here. I don't know if I can make that jump. Do 2% and see what God does. And then do 3%. It's a heart issue. It's the idea of first fruits and setting that apart from him. We're not going to get legalistic about this. Just work your way there to the Hebrew meaning of setting apart what is holy. The tenth, that's the tithe. Offering, there's some confusion about offering because offering moves beyond the tithe. So whenever you give the tithe, all offering is beyond the tithe. So, so sometimes people are like, well, I, I give here and there and sporadically and there are these little different offerings, okay? But that's not the true biblical meaning of offering. The true biblical meaning of offering is above the tithe. People tithe in Scripture every single day, week, whatever that looked like. It was a mainstay of their life. There was no other way. So anytime that there was an offering, it was above the tithe. So for us, it's that way. It's we give, and then if there's something going on or whatever, like gumbo or something, we get, actually, we get something back for the gumbo, right? But if it's just giving, if it's just giving away, it's just an offering. I'm just giving to the Uganda trip. Like, a, like the bowl costs five bucks, but I'm giving 50. That's an offering. Or it could even be, depending on the person, categorized as extravagant giving. It's extravagant. It's buying cars for people. It's extravagant. It's a, it's a, we have a dream. We have a dream that we would want to build a gym and just have all this incredible stuff of basketball and volleyball and all these things happening in our gym that we could connect with the kids of our community. And there are people that are extravagant givers that will fund that stuff because God has put that in them. We have a dream that we say we want to see what God will do. And so we say, you know what? We want to grow our, our RSD. We want to grow Redwood School of Discipleship, and we want to see it flourish. So how are we going to do that? And so we're talking about building out dorms and all these things here on campus so that we can raise up young leaders. Does anybody want to raise up young leaders in this place? Man, I do. Really bad. I'm telling you, it's a part of my mission here. Raise up young leaders. The next generation, they're going to take over and they're going to excel face center into the next, I don't know what, but it'll go beyond me. I believe that. And that's what I'm all about. So I want to put money towards that. And there are going to be extravagant givers that will fund it or they'll fund half of it or whatever that looks like. It's incredible what God can do through people that live this principle. I remember early in our marriage, early in our marriage, Kathleen and I, we didn't have hardly any money, man. We were like working at the mall, right? Like she worked at Learners. I worked at Coach House Gifts. Like we had no money. $4.25 minimum wage. Maybe it got bumped up to five. I don't remember. We didn't have money, but we lived, <laughs> we were trying to make ends meet, man. And our church that we attended, and we were actually staff pastors there, but we weren't paid. It was all volunteer. And we were staff pastors there, and we did this capital fund campaign. And the campaign was, we bought new property with buildings on there, and so we were going to, you know, try to remodel those buildings and all the stuff that happens because our church was growing and we needed a bigger facility. And so that's what the funding was for. 
And so the idea was, let's give one big pledge, give one big pledge, and then also, and then like a, a monthly donation. What could you do monthly? One big pledge and monthly. Extravagant gift and then monthly giving. And so Kathy and I were praying about it. We did it separately. And we're praying about it, praying about it. And we came back together. And we both, God gave us both the same number, which is great when that happens. Because sometimes Kathy and I'm like, I don't think you heard from God. That's not what I got. Try again. Oh. Shoot. And so we had the same number. We were given the same number. And it was crazy for us. The number was crazy for us, at least at that time, right? And it was like, and so then we prayed again. Maybe God forgot we were poor. Let's pray again. <laughs> Same thing, though. Same thing. One of the things that Kathleen and I would do is other churches would contact us to be a part of their children's ministry or their youth ministry or something like that whenever they would have like week-long events or, or parties, like one-night things or something like that, and they would contact us to come and run it for them so that all of their people, right, all of their people, doesn't this sound great, Jenny? <laughs> so that all of their people could be at the event and somebody else was running kids. And so we got those calls quite often. And after this campaign, we gave that money and we were like, okay, we're going to do it. We're just going to figure it out in our budget. Like, what are we going to cut back on? Like, no food or electric, maybe. We'll just make some adjustments, and we'll figure it out. And this church called, and they asked us to do the Christmas party. And so we go, and we do the Christmas party. And at the, it always happens. At the, at the end, they come, and they, like, give you an envelope that's got a check in it. You know, thank you for serving here tonight for us. It was wonderful. And, or sometimes they'll take a love offering. You know what that is, where they ask people to donate. Sometimes it turns out to be more like a like offering, right? Like, or a not like. <laughs> and so they came that night and they gave us the envelope with the check in it, but the pastor like saw it and he kind of like cut it off before we could go. He said thank you to us, but then he grabbed the envelope and he left. He said he would be back. And I was like, I hope with an envelope. And he came back, and he handed us the envelope, and then, and, and then we said goodbye to everybody, thank you. And we got in the car, and Kathleen and I, and it was a bit of a drive. And we were driving home, and as we were driving home, I opened up the envelope, because Kathleen was driving, I opened up the envelope, and it was exactly, exactly the amount that we pledged. Yeah, you could do that. Because that's what God does. That's what he does. To his faithful servants. And so listen, I want this for you. I want you to live this life. I really, really do. And so here's what we're going to do. I want to inspire you. I want to encourage you with this. I'm going to ask for you. And I want you to write this down. Get a connection card. Write it down. Do something. A tithe envelope or something. But here's what I want you to do. I'm going to challenge you to a 90-day tithe challenge. I'm going to challenge you to that. 90 days tithe challenge. And I want you to see what God does in your life. Now listen to me. I'm going to put in a safety net. Not for me. Not for God. I'm going to put in a safety net. 
If you say, I will do it, pastor, and you write this down on the connection card or the envelope or whatever it is, I will do this. I will give. And I will do this 90 days, and I'll take this challenge and see what God does. And if his life, if he doesn't pour out his blessings onto my life, I'm going to see and I'll do it. And so you do it, and then we'll track it together through the 90 days. If you're using the app or whatever, I have to track it. You can't just throw cash in there, because then I don't know if it's yours. Don't come to me later without any traction and go, I gave $15,000. I have to track it, because here's what I want to tell you. After the 90 days, if you say, I am now no more blessed now than I was then, I'll give you every dime back. I'll give you every single dime back. Do you know why? Because it's not my challenge. You're not testing me. In Malachi 3.10, God says, test me in this. Read it. Test me in this and see if I don't pour out blessings that overflow. So you're not challenging me. You're challenging yourself. Because God's blessing will pour upon you if you take that challenge. And who's it for? It's for people that don't tithe it out. Or it's people that do it sporadically or something. Do it straight and watch his blessings pour out upon you. Now, what do you say afterwards? What do you think the blessings are? Well, Joe, uh, am I going to be a millionaire? I hope so. That would be awesome. We will get that gym built. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't know what the blessings are. His blessings aren't always financial. But we see health from people. We see incredible things going on. We see healings happen in people's lives. His blessing pours out in so many ways. If we'll just open our eyes and see what God is doing, he's doing it. So I challenge you today and watch what God does when you live out the principle of first fruits. Can we pray together? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Father, I pray over this congregation right now that your hand and your blessing would be upon every single one of these people here in this room, everybody watching online, that your hand and your blessing would be upon them. And that, Father, that by the power of your spirit, you would begin to move in their hearts of what the first fruits principle is all about. And that there will become this recognition. It's a heart shift. And that you will do that in them. And I speak that right now over every single one of these people, Lord, that you will begin to, as they seek you first, you will begin to show that all these other things happening in their lives. And I thank you for that. Heads bowed, eyes closed still, nobody moving around. We're just honed in on God because here's what I want to do. Because the first part of the first fruits is for you to connect with Christ. And that first step that you have to take is to connect with him, your savior, your redeemer. He loves you. He wants to pour out abundance, but he wants to see you with him forever, for eternity. He wants to give you forgiveness of your past, purpose in your present, and a future with him in eternity. So you say, that's me. I'm ready, Pastor Joe. That's me. And I'm going to ask you on three to lift up your hands, and we'll say a prayer together. I'm not going to ask you to come down here, but right where you are, and we'll do it together as a church. One, two, three. Lift up your hands. That's me, Pastor Joe. That's me. I see those hands. Lift them up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I see those hands. You can put them down. 
We're going to say this out loud together, everybody together as a body. Heavenly Father, please forgive me for the sins I've committed. I repent now, and I ask you to send Jesus into my life, to lead my life from this day forward. Amen? Yeah. Yeah.